What's up, everybody? My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition, and you are tuned in to Kinda Neat. Thank you for tuning in. As always, uh, this week on the show, we have Seattle rapper Dave B., um, who we were lucky enough to catch like in the two-hour window he had before he was leaving um, to Oakland for his next show. He's on his first solo tour. And, man, the dude is very impressive. I'm sure you guys are going to really love his performance if you're watching the performances on YouTube.com slash kind of neat uh, because he murdered it. First take. Killed it. Um, he's kind of that... Uh, rapper singer style where the voice is an instrument the it's kind of like the you know the very it's a very popular sound in the modern uh, hip-hop landscape and i fuck with it i i get the same kind of vibes from this dude as i do uh when i when we had kyle on the show so maybe it's a thing where in three years he might have a huge smash single like i spy you never know but that is what we try to do we try to put you on to people before others know about them so We'll get into that in a little bit. First, I'm going to tell you a little story about some shit I did leisure time. Uh, as you guys might know on your uh, Instagram feeds or your Twitter feeds or whatever, California is experiencing uh, a very crazy super bloom where there's just like wildflowers pretty much everywhere. Uh, at this point, it's pretty like you can just drive down the freeway and you see wildflowers just exploding on every fucking mountainside. It's it's pretty wild. Uh, I haven't seen anything like it since I've lived here, but my girl was pretty early on it. And so like about a month ago when the first murmurs of the super bloom were going on. It hadn't really like taken over the whole state how it had, but it, it was um, starting to pop off in places like uh, Anza Borrego Desert and, uh, you know, the hillsides down in the desert, like in Hemet and Palm Springs and places like that. So um, we did a little bit of research and we're like, oh, let's go like see these flowers, you know, <laughs> which sounds so soft of me. And actually, my friends uh, did a, a pretty good job of making fun of me for it afterwards. But what we decided to do was just go on like a little one night camping trip because in Anza Borrego, the Anza Borrego Desert, it's like one of the only state parks in the nation, I think, where you can just park on the side of the road and camp. So when you drive down there, there are some like primitive campsites, uh, but mainly it's just like you just find a spot in the desert and pull over and camp. And it's a pack up, pack out type of thing. So there's no firing. So you have to like bring your own bucket to make a fire in if you want one. And, you know, you, there's no trash cans. So you got to like, you know, pack all your trash, obviously, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So we decided to just kind of like do that on a whim and, and uh, I just packed up my tent and some sleeping bags, et cetera, et cetera. And we drove to Anzaborego Desert and that is about mm, three hour drive from me. And I didn't think I had ever been there, but once we got there, I realized that I had been there on a photo shoot before um, where we had um, photographed some like surf girls out in the desert for some like, you know, kind of like hipstery photo shoot type shit. And uh, so it was a familiar area. And the whole time that I'm packing, I'm thinking that I'm like, uh, that we're going to be out in the middle of nowhere for a night and there's not going to be any bathrooms or access to anything or any wood for campfires or anything, you know? And when I actually get there, I realize that Anza Borrego is like, there's Borrego Springs, which is a desert town that is in the state park. And so 
<laughs> I didn't even really actually need to pack food because we were able to just have dinner in town that night. And then as the sun was setting, we drove off into the desert on a dirt road and just looked for, you know, a place to pull over and camp. And one of the first issues that we had was every spot that we saw that had a little opening where it's like, oh, that'd be a good place to set a tent. We would get out and I would look around on the ground and there was just fucking ants everywhere, like giant ant hills at every place that we stopped. And I'm like, I don't want to set up a tent near an anthill that does not seem smart. And so as we're doing that and running around, there's a bunch of other people out there that were hearing about the Super Bloom as well. So there's mad people like looking for campsites on the side of the road. And uh, there became like this sense of desperation as the sun was setting and as uh, more people were looking for spots, we're like, oh shit, we're not going to find one. We're not going to find a place to park. Da, 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 da. Every place we're getting out, there's ants, ants, ants. Finally, as the sun is setting, we find a spot that I deem as good enough. There's a little opening for the tent and there were no ants, which was the most important thing. So we unpack and, and I start setting up the tent, yada, yada. And the whole plan was to kind of like wake up early at sunrise and kind of like get a good photo of my girl for her website and shit like that. That sounds maybe shittier than it should. It's just like a nice portrait for her. She's an SEO specialist and she just needed a photo because photos of you on your website make you look more trustworthy. Anyway, so we're set up there and uh, I'm thinking that it's going to be like desert freezing or something, but it was actually warm as shit. I was shirtless the whole time until I went to bed basically. Like it was even pitch black out. It was still like 75 degrees, very nice night. And then the moon rose over the mountains and it was so damn bright. It was like a, it looked like the sun was out. Like there were moon shadows. It was so bright. You could see everything. Didn't even need a flashlight really. And so, yeah, we slept under the fucking desert stars. Uh, didn't even put the, the wind flap over our tent or anything. Just, uh, you know, it was very nice. And then we woke up in the morning and this fucking super bloom, everybody knows about it apparently. And it was, it was a Monday night that we camped. So it was a Tuesday morning that we're waking up. We're thinking like, Oh, it's Tuesday. Everybody will be at work. The fucking desert got swarmed with amateur retiree photographers. I'm talking like at sunrise, like before the sun even rose, how do I even explain this? Like this old couple rolls up and they're probably in their sixties or something. And part of our campsite that we picked, we were like, okay, cool. We can't see any, nobody is in visual distance of us. Like that we're far enough away from people that we can't see anybody. So when we wake up in the morning, we'll have free reign to like shoot all these desert flowers and like, you know, kind of like just meander around the desert and, and whatever without like having to see anybody. And this old couple pulls up at like five, 30 in the morning and parks like two car distances from us not like they park so fucking close to us it was crazy and they're parking in the direction of the sunlight so like as the sun's rising and you're gonna want to shoot into the light you know there they are in their car with their little like i'm an amateur photographer uniform which is like khaki nylon pants and a khaki nylon safari shirt with extra pockets and my little safari hat like let me tell you something amateur photographers that like think they're you know really good nature photographers that are middle-aged or or in their you know late late 50s and 60s and shit like that they swarmed the desert and let me tell you they have a uniform like fuck boys and hype beasts have a uniform like you could spot them all out they look like they all went to the amateur nature photographer convention or something and they all had on the same fucking clothes and the same hat and they all had shitty cameras and like macro lenses and they're just like zoomed in taking 
pictures of desert flowers from two inches away, which like to me, I'm biased as a photographer. Like I like what I like and uh, macro shots are not really for me. Like I don't need to see a close up picture of a flower unless I'm like looking in a science book. I would much rather see a wide angle shot of the landscape and show me that you understand lighting and, and timing and, and framing, you know what I mean? Because there's nothing to taking a macro shot of a flower. You just point your lens and focus. That's it. Whereas if you're trying to take a picture of the whole desert landscape to show how just amazing the universe can be, to me personally, there's something a little more respectful about that. And so uh, anyway, this this lady and her husband, they park right next to us and they're sitting there like zoomed in on flowers and shit. And as I'm walking back to like try and get them out of my view with my camera, this lady keeps walking right in front of me and I like kind of yell over at her like, hey, are you kidding me? Like, what are you doing? And she was like, what? I didn't know this was your desert. And my girl's trying to tell me, calm down, calm down. And I'm going like, this is, I was like about to freak out. I'm like, this is fucking bullshit. Like here we are out in the middle of nowhere. And like this lady and her kook ass husband come to just like jump right in front of my viewfinder. And I'm just like, man, show some tact. If you're out there trying to partake in some leisure time activities, like show some fucking tact and don't step on people's feet. Ugh, people are such assholes. Yeah. So anyhow, I got a dope ass picture of her and, and everything worked out in the long run. And we like climbed up the side of this mountain that didn't look that big. It looked like a foothill. And once we got to the top, we realized, oh, fuck, we kind of like climbed a mountain and getting down was a lot tougher than getting up. And I'm kind of like, oh, this is how people end up needing helicopters to come rescue them because they climb up something that seems easy and then they forget that like oh climbing down is the hard part and uh yeah it was a little hairy at times doing that but the walk up that the side of that mountain was insane there's just like flowers everywhere and uh it was cool man and so yeah my point is is i guess i'm i'm even early on super blooms because this was a month ago like i said and it's still in the news like every fucking day national geographic is posting it on their instagram or whomever they're still like hyping up oh the super bloom it's almost over and i'm just kind of like that's old news bro we already went and saw that shit but yeah i'll tell you it was crazy it smelled like flowers everywhere it was such a dense smell but yeah then the next week I had that photo shoot that I talked about on the last episode and my homies were like, dude, what the fuck? You, oh, you're going to like shoot some flowers, bro. And I'm just like, man, fuck you guys clowning. So anyway, that was, uh, I, I like camping. I'm back into camping. I'm regressing as I get older. I'm like, uh, going back into activities that I enjoyed in my youth that I have not partaken in in a long time. And camping is one of those next month. I'm going up to uh, Yosemite and camping and I'm very hyped about that too. I'm on, I'm on my nature shit. I'm on my health shit and my nature shit. Am I cooking shit? I'll be out here cooking. People are like, oh, why aren't you making music anymore? And I'm like, I'm too busy learning how to perfect soft scrambled eggs on toast, all right? I'm too busy doing that to make new music. Uh, You know, creativity, man, it happens in different ways. So anyway, here we are on a Saturday morning. Got to catch up with uh, Dave B., a nice young man, very talented, great voice, great raps. And uh, without any further ado, here is my conversation with Dave B., You're on tour right now. Yeah. And you're stopping here for like an hour before you have to head to Oakland. Yeah. Is your first headlining tour? Yes. How's it going? It's going pretty well. Um, I've been surprised at the cities and like 
the amount of people that are coming out and the amount of people that like know the shit. Right. Yeah, it's really it's really dope. Right. Like we were kind of talking about outside looking from the outside at your metrics right now, Mm -hmm. which like too many people kind of rely on Mm. your gut instinct wouldn't be like, Oh, this is a guy who can go tour the country and like get people to come out because you know, right now it's very early. You only have like 6,000 Twitter followers, maybe like Instagram, whatever. Like, but it seems as though you have an organic following that's very hungry to come out and hear you and see you. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that's why it's so surprising. Like, people are coming out and sticking around. Last night, the doors opened at 11 p.m., and niggas stayed until I went on at about 2 in the morning. Really? <laughs> like, Why'd they open so late? Uh, there was, another, there was, show there was another show. The game was performing in, like, the other room. Oh, yeah, the big room. Yeah, Because so, you were at the observatory. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's been really dope. Like, just, I think it's important to go and just plant those seeds in different cities. Like, you can only do so much online. Right. And, uh having people be able to come out to the show. I remember the first time I seen Frank Ocean in like 2010 in Seattle in a room with like 100, 200 people. Wow. Um, but the fact that he was there and where he is now, it's just like fucking crazy. Right, yeah. right. Do you hope to see that kind of parallel? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think it's important to just go out and perform in front of people. Yeah. And, like, and then uh, people that... A lot of people were like, man, my homegirl dragged me here. She's been telling me about you for like two years now, and she dragged me here, and now I'm fucking with you. Right. And like, so those people go tell more people. I think word of mouth. I'm trying to grow it real organic. So Right. Well, and I f- you do seem like the kind of artist that uh, would be able to kind of convert somebody live because you know uh, full disclosure we just did the performance first which usually we do it afterwards and just watching you perform i was like holy shit like Mm. i mean you got chops you can you can like really sing in real life you can really rap in real life and that's like you know sometimes that's a rarity nowadays so i could imagine like showing up to your show and and just being like whoa who is this and walking Mm. away a fan definitely that's been happening yeah uh being able to meet people after the show yeah and uh a good amount of people haven't heard of me. Right. There's that little section in the front that knows everything that has, and then all their friends are standing behind them. But yeah, everybody, by the end of the show, we're all family. Well, let's talk about it. Have you been performing in Seattle a long time? Yeah. I probably did my first show in like 2011. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like I've seen your name floating around the Seattle folks. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like, do you f- are you in with like Sam Lachow? In the, or how do you say his name? Yeah, Sam Lachow. We yeah. just, I did, so this second part of me touring I started on the first is mine I toured with him at the end of March up until that point where I started my own tour okay okay so tell me about kind of the Seattle scene that you're involved with then. it's really Seattle's such a small city it is. compared to like in LA or we were just in fucking New York so everybody knows of each other or knows each other or you're about to pass somebody as soon as you walk out the house um, but the scene is really like it's like a grungy hip-hop scene where, like, everybody who pretty much throws a show, it's definitely going to sell out because everybody there, all the fans of hip-hop, they're all fans of each other, like my fans or his fans or her or for her fans. So we just, everybody supports each other. It's dope. Totally. And, you know, the funny thing is I've been saying that for a long time now, like, uh, with Macklemore, with Greaves, with Saul, with Sam, with, like, it, it seems like it's a... 
it's the it doesn't seem like a fucking hater community. No. Nah. Like every everybody's fans likes every other rapper and every rapper seems to support each other. Yeah, Saul was at the show we did at the Echo the other day for some reason. Oh, Saul was here? Yeah, he just pulled up to the show. I was like, oh shit. Like we had uh cause like two of the people opening for me are also from Seattle. Yeah. So we're sitting backstage with like forty niggas all from Seattle. That's tight. Saul's there and fans are there and they're just excited to see him as they are me it's like it's wild yeah Saul's my dude we've had him on here twice mm-hmm. yeah so did you grow up in Seattle I, I grew up uh, a little south of Seattle I went to school uh, high school just, uh, in Renton it's just like a suburb of Seattle okay yeah but born up there in Washington definitely how did your family end up in Washington um I don't know my dad uh, is from Chicago yeah. my mom's from North Carolina and I'm pretty sure they met at some church event. So something about God <laughs> brought them to right. brought them to Seattle. Did you grow up in church? Yeah. I you can hear it in your music. Right. I mean it's very soulful. Mm-hmm. Um did you start is that where you started singing? Yeah, I was in like a lot of choirs. Right. Used to do praise and worship dancing on the whole shit. Right. How does that affect you as an adult now? Um I'm not like super religious like that. Right. Um but just like morally I think that's really important. Yeah. Like, if I had a child, I'd probably want them to, I mean, go to a Sunday school right, <laughs> every right. now and then just to, like, so you can care about something. But you could also feel it in your music, I feel like. You can feel that kind of... Oh, definitely. The whole... I mean, we wake up every morning on tour, we get in the van, and then I just start playing gospel music off my phone. Really? <laughs> just, like, yeah. just so we can kind of feel something. Uh, I don't know. I just love... Uh, gospel music probably one of my favorite genres. Just off the feeling. Really? Yeah. Put, put me on to gospel singers. I know nothing about it. Nothing about it. Yeah. I can give you a little playlist once we get out of here. Yeah, I got a whole make Spotify. A, make a Spotify playlist. I might just do that. I've seen niggas been uh, making Spotify playlists. Yeah. Uh, I might just put a little gospel one together. You should. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, that's a it's a very uh, that's a very good asset to have now, our Spotify playlist to get your fans <laughs> more involved in what you're listening to as mm-hmm. well. But, I mean, gospel is a genre that... A lot of people don't know anything about. Yeah. You know, it's either you know everything about it or you know or nothing you know about nothing. it. Right? Yeah. Growing up in Seattle, what's that that what's that like? I, I think that a lot of pic, a lot of people picture Seattle as like a very white neighborhood or a very white city. No. No? Um it's it's starting to become that. Right. Uh like all of our childhood favorite things are being gentrified. Mm-hmm. My elementary school, I walked by there getting off the bus mm-hmm. and there's apartments there. Mm. I was like, what the fuck? Um like luxury apartments or something. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like it's a... Uh, I don't know, Seattle's just, like, booming. We have, like, Amazon and all that shit going on. But just, I mean, growing up there is a... It's this, it's growing up there is the same thing. Uh, pretty much when I was talking about the hip hop community, like everybody knows everybody. Right. So it's like you don't really go anywhere where you're not going to run into the homie. Um, and it's, I mean, where I was and where I surround myself with, it's really black. It's really, like, hella diverse. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's not like that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> really? It's getting less diverse? I mean, like? just the people that I'm around right. exist like that. But, I mean, there's there's neighborhoods where it's like you shouldn't be walking your dog out here. Or, like, why are you? Like, you live here? Right. Um, <laughs> and I live in a fucking in a neighborhood now that's hella gentrified. Like, I moved in, so I'm not, I'm a part of the problem. Right, in, Ca- in Cap Hill? Yeah. Yeah. But Cap Hill has, like, a... Oh, that's already been like that. Yeah, that's, like, how to, that's how to crazy, like, music history, right? Right. I think that's where, like, grunge music I started, no? I live right behind Numo's, where... World-famous venue. Right, totally. You play at Numo's a lot? Yeah, I did a show there uh, in November right. for... Uh, 
it was just like a release party for my project, and it was sold out. It was dope. How, yeah, how, I mean, dude, I, I feel like being a Seattle artist, playing in Seattle, has mm-hmm. to be one of like the best feelings. It seems like, it seems like no matter how popping you are nationally, like if you are a local dude that like pl- throws a show there, like people come out in yeah. in droves. It's wild. Yeah, I did a, a birthday party there last right before I. I did the first show in Toronto on the second. On the first, I did a birthday party. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, we did it in a smaller room under Numos. Mm-hmm. And it was fucking crazy. Crazy. <laughs> like, it was wild. That's dope. Um, so, other than um, singing in choirs as a kid, what else did you do to occupy your time? Were you- uh, I did a lot of like musical theater. Really? I did a lot of performance shit. Um, yeah. And then I used to want to be a hooper at one point. Right, you're pretty tall. Yeah, I feel like everybody wanted to be a hooper, but we, I wasn't like stand. I wasn't going anywhere with that. Right, <laughs> right. So uh, basketball consumed a lot of your time as, as a yeah, kid. Yeah, I mean, had the posters all over the wall. Totally. I used to go to school with the basketball in my backpack. Really? Of the whole shit, two yeah. pairs of socks, everything. Who were the posters on the wall? Uh, it was like Vince Carter. Oh, I remember yeah. they had the uh, the Sports Illustrated for kids, and there was a big-ass poster of somebody in there every time, and I would just take it out. I was like a big Tracy McGrady fan. Right. Uh, How crazy is it that Vince Carter like still balls? Dude? I know. That fool is wild. <laughs> he's old. Like, what the hell? Yeah, that shit is crazy. And then you see T Mac fucking uh, like uh, doing the doing the calling the game and shit. Right. <laughs> the the right. analysis afterward with gray hair and shit. Right. Did you play other sports or just basketball? Uh, I did track. And when I was in high school, that I was actually good at. Right. How early did you get into musical theater? Were you like a child actor? Um, no. I was, I think I did my first production. I was probably in like sixth grade, sixth yeah. or seventh grade. What'd you play? I was in um, Greece. Really? Yeah, they had a, but they had like an older cast that was because Greece is kind of like a, a lewd show. Yeah. So uh, we we were, we had like a younger cast and we just did like, like interjectory little skits throughout the show. Right. Kind of weird, yeah. But that was your first taste of being on stage? Mm-hmm. How'd you like it? It was dope. I mean, I was, I kind of just got thrown into it. My mom was just like, oh, this is what you're doing this summer. Ah. And then I had to audition, and I was like, I don't know how to do any of this. I think I cried or something. Re- oh. I was hella nervous. Really? <laughs> so you had your first little taste of stage fright. Yeah. How are you with stage right now? I still have it. I really? mean, I, just, I mean, I'm not like f- afraid. I get anxious. Right. Like I'm ready to get it going and get it over with. Right. Kinda. Do you lose yourself while you're on stage? Yeah. That's good. But beforehand, I might just be pacing the room or just in the corner. And but, then once I get on there, it's... Before I play a show, I always have to take a shit. Like, oh yeah, me too. It's like I, I could go the whole day without, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, half hour till you go on stage. I'm like, mm-hmm. fuck. Yeah. Like, as soon as I get to the venue, I just gotta get it. Get yeah. It out. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Um, so, what, what did what did your folks do for work up there? Um, my dad, he does a uh, like counsels, uh, just like at risk youth. Okay. Um, and my mom, she works at. Uh, this hospital up there in Seattle. Right. So dad's like a social worker? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, do you have siblings? I have three older, si- three older sisters. Three older sisters. Wow. So you're not only the baby, but the only boy. Mm-hmm. How is that? It's tight. Really? And not tight. What, what's tight about it? Because uh, you're the youngest. You get away with everything. Right. I feel like I get away with a lot of shit. How much older is the oldest? She's over 10 years older than me. Oh, wow. So, yeah, you said you had, like, an older, older sister. Yeah. Really? What are the parts that sucks about having three sisters? Um, when, you're, when you haven't gone through puberty yet, yeah. you kind of just get thrown around. 
<laughs> you just kind of get bossed around. Just getting beat up. Yeah, mm. but not anymore. Mm. But then the good thing is that three, having three older sisters, it kind of just spoil you on top of your parents, which mm-hmm. is pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Like you get to be babied as the baby. Oh, man, I was fly. I was yeah. fly. I had all the shoes. I had everything I wanted because, you know, I was... I was the boyfriend they never had. <laughs> right. You got, you got to be their real-life Ken doll. Exactly. Right? And then uh, the one that was, like, directly older than you, was she close enough in age where you guys were at the same school and shit like that? Uh, we went to the same high school, but she she graduated. She's eight years older than me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. So you're, like, you, you, you're like the afterthought of mm-hmm. the family, huh? Yeah. The the oopsie baby or what? I was, like, I was I, my mom and dad, I'm the... The child, only child they had together. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, so these are okay. I came along, right? Midst of the the love. <laughs> That's tight. Um, so I was because I was gonna say, oh, did you like get to fucking hang out with your sister's friends? Like you automatically. Oh no, I did that end. too. I yeah. did that too. Right, but they weren't having it. <laughs> I could probably shoot now though. <laughs> Now it's like, hey, sis, bring your homies to the exactly. show. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that's tight. So, when did you start, like, actually trying to rap? Mm, I, uh, I was like 15 or 16. Right. And I, uh, I don't know. I was just listening to a lot of shit. I remember I seen a video of Ryan Leslie making a beat. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I want to make a beat. And I got, like, this little MacBook, and my sister got me a mic for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then I was just uploading MySpace videos and shit like that. Um, that was, yeah, I was like 15 or 16, and I was just rapping in front of the fucking webcam. Really? <laughs> and posting bulletins on MySpace. I, like, know the name Ryan Leslie, but I don't know who that is. Yo, man, he's sick. Was he, like, a pop singer? What was, he was it? He's, like, an R&B singer, okay. man. Uh, but he's fucking crazy. Really? Bro. He's so dope. So that was, was that was, was influencing you at the times, like, Ryan Leslie? When was? I first wanted to, like, really make music, right. I was, like, I, I was... I think that was the only thing I was subscribed to on YouTube. Really? It was the only thing I was feeding myself. And <laughs> I was like, this nigga is crazy. Really? I want to do that. You're such a, like, uh, you're just such a good singer. And I think that you, I mean, I would almost qu- quantify what you do. It's, it's like, yeah, it's rap, but it's like almost like a rap tempo, but you're using melodies and singing the whole time. So yeah. it's like you're a singer that raps kind of. Does that sound fair? Yeah. How, I don't know if I'm a singer. I don't know if I'm. You could sing, though. I don't know if I'm a rapper. Right. Just, I'm like, it's that kind of like, yeah. that's, it's that new. That's where we're at right now. Right, it's that new world that exists mm-hmm. where everybody kind of raps while using their voice as like an actual instrument. Instrument, you yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, so I guess my, my question is like, did you think that you were going, uh, when you wanted to start making music, was it more as like, I want to sing or was it more like, I want to rap? I was just wanting to use my voice mm-hmm. and see what I could do, like mm-hmm. see where I could take it. The first song I ever wrote was like this slow R&B. I was singing. <laughs> I was like singing. And then I did a lot of trying to rap over old instrumentals and trying to have the best bars. I was just rapping about rapping. Like what What kind of instrumentals? Uh, I was doing like uh, fucking, I had a biggie, ready, I had Ready to Die. I had the album okay. as instrumentals. Yeah. Um, and then I had uh, I had Pharrell in my mind instrumentals. Okay. I used to rap over. And, um, and we would make new songs like we were fucking like we produced the shit ourselves right right. (laughs) yeah i was trying to rap and shit and then i just started putting it together gradually like both pieces of what like what i liked what what i was doing did you have friends that were trying to make music as well yeah i have my homie uh my homie cam he uh that's when i I first got that computer because he had like reason and fl and all this shit on his computer he was like making beats and i'd never seen anything like that yeah so then he would come over i had the mic 
And so then we started like making some really bad music together. Right. <laughs> like, but was it like, oh, we're in a group? Yeah, we were a group. Yeah. It was fucking crazy. What were you guys called? Oh, shit. We were called First Class. Okay. Some shit like that. It was wild. Yeah, and so did you? This was like the MySpace era, mm-hmm. and you guys started uploading stuff as first class on MySpace. Yeah, and we were sick. It's not on there anymore. So. Oh, I bet somebody out there is gonna find it. No, they're, they're gonna use it to blackmail you now. Um, so did you, did you guys start gaining like a little local following off of MySpace? Yeah, or maybe what? like at school. Yeah, and just like around our little neighborhood. Right. But yeah, it wasn't nothing too crazy. How how did that feel though? Having like your peers be like, yo. Oh, it felt dope. At first it was like, it was, it was weird because we're like the first little generation of like real internet shit. So we're doing all this wilding out on this YouTube video or whatever and go to school the next day and try to act like nothing happened. Right. Everybody was kind of like, oh shit. They put you on front street a little bit. So it was like awkward. Right. But then it was dope i guess so you're figuring out <clears throat> i mean like yeah that that's tight to be like part of that first generation that's like figuring out like oh youtube i can use this to promote mm-hmm. my music myspace i can use this. you know what i mean um did did any of the teachers catch on um nah i remember um our basketball coach mm-hmm. would just clown a lot really like david's fucking rapping if david's fucking rapping then i'm fucking up principal or some shit like that i'm like yo that's funny that's funny um so how long was it that you and it was mac you said cam or cam sorry i got it backwards uh how long did you guys stay as a group um maybe about a semester right and Uh, what happened and then i just started doing my own shit right like i'm gonna take it serious man it's not a hobby anymore but i mean he was still like sitting beats and right the whole shit we had a little we were like the cool kids and then you know we split we might get back together right (laughs) right i mean were the cool kids a big influence at the time no hell yeah yeah hell yeah we were off that too we had the big old gold rope shits right well i had one yeah the cool kids uh, i i don't know if i don't know if people remember or if they're if they like uh get the just do that or the the credit that they're that they deserve but like they influenced the generation the whole generation (laughs) i always say like without the cool kids there would have been no odd future there would have been you know what i mean like and 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 odd future begat like the whole new underground like so it's like but you could trace that all back to like i remember the cool kids being a big pivot in rap music like People don't realize, like, before that, skinny jeans weren't a thing. It was not a thing at all. You couldn't wear jeans that fit you before the cool kids came out. Everybody had fucking Jenko-ass pants. This is true. Right? Had big-ass South Pole jeans and shit. Right. So so you see the cool kids popping, and you're just like, oh, this is tight. And, yeah. and did it influenced your style in the beat making as well? Or? Uh, Cam was off that, man. He was, like, one of the most creative dudes I know. Still is. Like, really? He's drawing, making beats and shit. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so he he put me on to like I think uh, like eighty eight or Black Mags the first song you played. Right, for me. I was right. like, yo, this is this is fucking crazy. And then you're just seeing it in like a Sprite commercial as yeah. well, being like, oh, this is like corporate. It's hella tangible. Yeah, it's very it's viable. <laughs> yeah, it was a real thing. Um, so, what's the first song that kind of where you, I don't know? Do you remember like a moment where you're like, oh, this is like really for real? Um, I did. Uh, oh, I was in. Uh, I went to school in uh, Chicago for a year for college, mm-hmm. and uh, I went to some open mic. Right, and I did 
and I had some beat, and I did like this freestyle over it. Uh-huh. And my homegirl recorded it, and I uploaded it on YouTube or some shit. And then the next day, I had like five thousand views. I was like, "Yo, whoa, I'm fucking blowing up!" <laughs> um, <laughs> right. So I was like, "Yeah, I could, I could do this." You're right. Yeah, that was like a. That was your freshman year of college. Yeah, just in my mind, it made it kind of real. Yeah. I was like, "Damn, five thousand people watched." my shit right that first time you hit 5k or 10k on youtube you're like i'm i have arrived my ego was through the roof right walking in class with my chest out right Nigga, you did what i got five thousand views <laughs> google me bitch <laughs> um well did, did you take to school did you like uh did you did you uh like going to school and and going to class and all that stuff uh in high school i liked being around people Right. I liked clowning. I liked women. So you like the social aspect of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when it come down to actually doing work, I'm not really too jazzed on it. Right. Yeah. Um, so was college like just a given? Like folks just expected you to go to college or were you like, oh, I'm going to like really try this? Oh, it was a, definitely a mixture of both. Right. It was like a thing that everybody was, all the homies was going. Right. Um, and uh, your family, I don't want you to go. And I'm like, yeah, nigga, I don't want to be living in this house anymore. So right. I went. And then after a year, I'm like, man, this is not really me. Really? How did you decide on Chicago? Uh, It was one of the only, like, two schools I got into. And it was like a, uh, it's kind of like a, it's like this really, like, liberal kind of, like, like, I went there to do musical theater and right. to do, like, audio production. Like, that was, that was my fucking major. Right. And so it was all these creative people just. Uh, so it's like a liberal arts school? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. And so that was like, I was like, okay, if I'm going to go to college, I guess I should still be doing something within the arts. Well, so then let's talk about that. In high school, it seems like, were you like a theater nerd then? I mean, I hate to use that we term. Had like, a, were you like a, were our, you? our drama program got cut in high school. Really? Until like my senior year. So then in high school, I wasn't really doing shit that much. I did like summer summer productions so after that first sixth grade production of Greece, like that became a passion of yours and you sought it in your extracurricular time yeah yeah i was doing that and how many plays do you think you've been in not too many maybe like yeah like 10 15 but did you end up starting to get leads and stuff like that uh in in when we when we brought our shit back yeah in high school yeah i was doing leads but most of the time just like the, the leads, homie. Okay, <laughs> yeah. right, right. The sidekick. Yeah. Uh, you were Mercutio or something. Hey, yo, for real. <laughs> yeah. So what uh, What did you like about it? Uh, I like, I mean, I like to play. Like, mm-hmm. I like, uh, you could be whoever. You, I mean, you get to, you read the script, you get to take on this, this whole persona, and I get to decide what this guy's mannerisms are mm-hmm. and how he gets to act, and I just like that. I think it's dope. It's like our form in itself to be able to do shit like that. And I get to sing. <laughs> right, right. So is, it's like a form of escapism or what? Yeah. To, no? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Why was like getting to become somebody else appealing to you? Mm. Does that make sense as a question? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I was a, like as a teenager and I don't know, I was like a kid in middle school, like... Uh, you'd be like, man, I hate this shit. Your teen, your teen angst kicks in. <laughs> You're right. like, man, fuck all these people. I'm just looking at it every day, and it's, so it's not a, not a really a form of like rebelling. It's just like it was just a thing for me. Right. Were you a shy teen? Uh, if I didn't know you, 
I'm like that as an adult too. Like I'm not really like too. I'm okay. not really extroverted. Right, right. Yeah, so it's like when I get comfortable, then we can start fooling around together. Pause. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> how does that How does that work at shows? Then do you kind of have like your? Oh, at a show, I figure you're you bought a ticket to be here. Right. Like, so you're fam. Yeah, you're fam. Yeah. You're, you're helping me pay the bills. You getting You're getting good at the small talk after the shows and stuff. Oh, I'm really not. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Right. Get home safe. Right. <laughs> Shit like that. <laughs> At a certain point when I used to do shows, I felt like sometimes I was more excited that people were coming to say hi to me than they were coming to say hi to me. Like, yeah. I'd be like, I, I would just be giving like a thousand handshakes to each person. Like, yo, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Like, it's like. It'd be weird. Great I feel like overkill. I'm standing in the middle of this circle. Right. Niggas are all just waiting to. To hear you talk. Yeah. Something. I'm like, uh, thanks. Right. So. What part of Chicago were you living in when you went to college? Um, I was in the... I went to Columbia College, Chicago. Okay. Uh, I was, like, in the South Loop. Wait, Columbia? Isn't that, like, a really dope school? No, not Columbia University. Okay, okay. But the school is dope, too. Right. <laughs> Shout out Columbia, both of you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, everybody everybody runs with that. Sometimes when I'm like, yeah, I went to Columbia. They're like, yeah. word? Yeah. Like, word. They're like, wait, <laughs> you're smart. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Um... But yeah, that was dope. That was a cool experience. And was it like a dorm situation or did you live off the campus? The dorms were like apartments. Like okay. I had like an apartment. I had like three roommates, but we had like a pad. Were they cool? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah. One dude was hella cool. Right. Two dudes were hella cool. One dude literally, like he lived next door to me yeah. for like three months. No one ever seen him. We're like, where did this nigga? Like, did he leave or? Yeah. Didn't know. He might have been like a murderer. Right. And then we went in his room one day. Like, it was just like a drunk thing. We just like, okay, we're just going to barge in. Right. Go in there. Everything was like gutted out. And he left like some weird ass note in the closet. I forget what it said. It was like a poem. What? But it was real dark. And I was like. So he wasn't even there? I was like, at what point did he leave? Because I wasn't even really leaving the crib like that. Right. I would have known. <laughs> right. You would have seen him like move his shit yeah, out. Yeah. It was fucking weird. That's crazy. That sounds like a fucking movie character. Yeah. That's weird. I might write a movie and he'll be my. There you go. He'll be one of my dudes. Yeah. That sounds like a. That sounds like a. Uh, comedy side character in like a fucking <laughs> yeah. I don't know college antics movie for real um, how, how did you take to college life though did you go to uh, class did you like it did you party a lot what'd you do I went to class I, um, I was having fun just being outside of my mom's house right um, so yeah I was kicking in shit and then I remember uh, I got I had got real close with this homegirl and uh we just started smoking, and then I wasn't going to class. Right. <laughs> was that your first time smoking? We were just kicking it. Yeah. Was was actually. was home in Seattle like kind of straight edge, like parents strict? Not really like that. Yeah. Uh, we were still kicking it, um, drinking and shit like that in yeah, high school. Yeah, no big deal. We were just kicking it, and then uh, but then yeah, I remember we were walking to class, and she mm. was like, "Dave, just weed with me." Yeah. I said, "Shit, fuck it." <laughs> right. <laughs> we smoked. We went in class. It was the best day of class ever. Right. And we went to cafeteria, and it was the best. The best meal. All best of a meal of my fucking life. This food's so good. Hell yeah. Yeah. So then you start smoking weed, huh? It was tight. And then I mean, in the dorm situation, it was like coed. Uh huh. So I'm living across the hall. I'm like these fine ass girls. Right. And I was like, damn. You're like, damn. I'm. You high have to go to class though. Girls. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Right. So how long did college last then? I just went. I went to. I went to that school for a year uh-huh. for the whole year and then I came back and went to school in Seattle for like I signed up for classes for like a quarter I went to like two of them really and then I was just leaving the house and then my mom was like 
you're not going to this class or something. I don't know how she found out. Right. But yeah. That mom's intuition. Yeah, she was hot about it. Well, how did you decide, like, what was the breaking point in Chicago that you're like, ah, I'm just going to move home? It was really expensive. Oh, really? Yeah, and I'm not trying to be in debt. Right. For, you know. Right. uh, Like, college is dope for certain people. It's just not my thing. It's not for everybody. So I'm like, I'm not going to sit here and put myself through this. Right. So when you get home, is that like when it's crunch time and you're like, okay, this music, I'm going to go after it full force? I was still making music and I wasn't doing it too crazy. Right. But I was... I was I was starting to do shows and shit, so I was like, okay, it's just kind of picking up, mm-hmm. and I wanted to spend all my time doing that. So then I didn't go to school, and she was like, okay, well, you gotta work, so I start working. What'd you do for work? I worked at the Apple Store. Oh yeah, yeah, and then I got fired, and then that's oh. when I turned it on, and I was like, you know what, this is just. But did you get a good laptop in the meantime? Oh yeah, there you go, a nice little fifteen inch joint. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so you get fired from the Apple Store. And you turn it on. What does that involve? Um, I was just waking up real early, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna make like as many songs as I can today, every day. At least just get the idea out. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care if it's worth uploading or not. I just wanted to be better. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to get better. Wanted to start making beats. I was inviting the homies over. Um, Who are the homies? Like Darius out there. Okay. Um, and Darius is your DJ. Yeah. Yeah. And he produces a he lot produces. of shit. Okay. Yeah. So we that we grew together a lot. Shout out Darius. Hell yeah, mm-hmm. um, he's fucking genius. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was just the homies are coming over and we were all pretty much like learning about the shit together. We we're learning how to use Logic, learning how to put a beat together together, and I'm figuring out song how to stack my harmonies and how yeah how I wanted to uh, structure the song and right. arrange everything. So yeah. Well, and so who are your influences around that time? I don't know what I was listening to. Here's the thing is I think from outside looking in, if I were to like give somebody the elevator pitch of Dave B, I'd be like, oh, you know, he's like one of these rap dudes that can sing like Chance the Rapper or like Kyle now or you know what I mean? Like you're in that kind of vein. Yeah, yeah. all from the same school of whatever. Right. uh, With that. I was listening to, uh, I don't know, man. I listened to like Jasmine Sullivan and shit. I listened to like Jill Scott. Okay. And uh, with that. And then I'm, I mean, whatever fucking albums I were at the time, I was listening to like Cushion OJ and shit. We was listening to that last night. I yeah. forgot how fucking great that project right. was. Um, but yeah, I was listening to just like whatever the basic rap music. And then I, I think that's when I really stopped listening to like hella rap music because I wanted to just make my own shit. Right. It, it, uh, a lot of people might not realize that, but I think like as an artist, it's very helpful to cut the genre that you mm-hmm. that you are making out of your life while you're making yeah, it. Yeah, that's why niggas don't really like handing me the aux cord because we're not listening to all that. Right, <laughs> right. When I was still making records, I was listening to pretty much all like indie rock and hardly mm-hmm. any rap music. Mm-hmm. And now I listen to so much rap music that I'm like, oh, if, if I were to write something now, it would just be like ripping off somebody else, I'm right. sure. Because you get too inspired. You get too uh, influenced, you know? That was yeah, When I first started writing little raps, I would listen. I was listening to hella rap music, right. so I was just trying to do my version of what Nas was doing, right? And that was not fly, right? And so once I once I cut the noise, then I was able to like step into my own. 
totally. But at the same time, like learning how to rap like Nas, who who has like somebody like Nas or Jay Z who has the fundamentals down so pat, it helps you like learn your fundamentals. Because yeah. I, you know, I I use this analogy constantly, but it's like Picasso knew how to paint a photographic picture before he ever invented cubism. So it's like it's right. important to get the basics down. Mm-hmm. But when it's really time, when it's really go time, and you're trying to figure out who is Dave B, then and then it helps to turn off that fucking music or the, the other music, right? Hell yeah. So while all the homies are coming over, did you kind of like center yourself where like the team is built around you? Like people, the people on your side believe in you as like, yo, this is, we believe in Dave? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was definitely sending out the the mass Facebook message to everybody. Right. Come through, man. Let's just make shit. Right. Oh, I get off at five. Yeah, come through. We're going to be here. Okay. And so everybody's coming through and everybody's just getting their ideas out. It was kind of like the little hub. Right. Um, my mom's basement was like the spot. Did you set it up like a studio? Yeah, I had a. I still got the same speakers. Right. Um, Darius brought a mic. Uh-huh. Uh We were just on my computer, making shit. We had a little couch in there. Did you soundproof it up at all and shit? Yeah, my dad actually did a. Uh, used to do a radio show on oh. Sundays, like a gospel radio show. Yeah. So he brought like the soundproof shit, and I just nailed it on the wall. Nice. <laughs> shit around yeah. the room. Right, whatever works. Hell yeah. So, was there a first song from those sessions that started to catch on locally? Um, I recorded pretty much everything up until this year on that, in there. Really? Um, or on that same setup. Yeah. I did a song, I don't know, I was I started putting out songs like every other, other week. Right. And now, um, that's when SoundCloud was starting to become a thing. And so now I'm looking at like 20K, 30K, yeah. which is crazy. And then I did a song with Jake, uh, it was the song Leaves, I recorded in there. Uh-huh. And then that one... Like the first week we had like a hundred K. That's Jake one? Yeah. Okay. And I was like, yeah, nigga, I'm the shit now. Right. Hundred K. <laughs> well, so yeah, when a when a legend like Jake One hits you up, or do you hit him up? How does that work? Um Seattle is just like small. Small. Right. Um, so how does he start to pick up on you? He gets to know about me through um my brother uh Jonathan Moore. Okay. Um and we saw me out there. So uh-huh. they're telling him about me. Right. Um and I don't know what he was feeling about it. Uh-huh. But for some reason, one day I woke up, I had Jake one emails in my wow. beats in my email. That's so tight. And that just started a whole little wave. I've been the first. It was. It took like three or four batches before there was anything worth love, uploading or listening to. Right. But yeah. Um, but I mean, for those of you guys listening that don't know Jake One, I mean, not only is it like le- just legendary Seattle producer, he's gone on to now, like, he's been working in hip hop for so long, but he's been able to keep up with the times. Now he's like, what, making songs with like Future and shit, isn't he? Yeah. Um, but beyond that, like, tons of Rhyme Sayer stuff. He's on like, the Cardi album, too. He, oh, is he on the Cardi album? No shit. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, to have such a long fucking uh, productive career is fantastic. Uh, and to be able to like keep your sound of you know modern mm-hmm. and not get caught up in the like, oh, this isn't. You know, some people get caught up in uh, as you've been around the music for long enough. They're like, this isn't the real shit. Right. And it's like, oh. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's the thing is like, you're coming up at a time, I would imagine, like when you're, when this is starting to pop off, like Seattle's also got the biggest rap artist in the world at that time. Yeah. Right? Like you're watching Macklemore blow up. Mm-hmm. And so, what's that like in the city? It was, uh, I don't know, I looked at it like, this is happening. This is really real. Right. And uh, there should be, uh, 
Like you put a spotlight on somebody, it trickles off right. <laughs> left and right a little bit. Well, right, and I have to. I would have to imagine that everybody in Seattle kind of feels like, ooh, the you know, like oh, the there world's was definitely like a surge right. of everybody like doing everything. Niggas is uploading uh, two songs a day, right. <laughs> like right. all week long. Right, uh, it was like shit like that happening. But I still just wanted to kind of be like, uh, I'm not on anybody's time but my own. Right, I just wanted to be better. I just want to be better. Like uh-huh. I just wanted to uh, just keep on making music, so I just kept doing that, keep on getting better, and I think that kind of helped me as far as Seattle go, just kind of cut through and just focus a little more. Because, yeah, being on your own timeline, you have that time to kind of, um, what, yeah. like, like practice your craft behind closed doors yeah, and release it to the world when it's ready. Yeah, a lot of people get caught up in, like, right, right now, I need this right now. It's like, if you're not ready... That's that's a very smart and and ahead of your years uh, realization because mm-hmm. I, I do think like everybody gets that like you finish a song and it's like that new toy you want to show everybody like oh man look what I got look what I did yeah. and sometimes it's like you don't realize like just because you made it it's not that good right you know like you're the homie but kind of not nah. right exactly exactly so when did you feel that you were ready and start putting stuff out like for, to like you know really present yourself to the world uh, I was just like I was, I was uploading songs every other week or whatever right and it was starting to every song i did was getting a little more love than the last right and so i was and i was kind of starting to have my own little sound or whatever but then yeah that leave song yeah that kind of helped me to be like okay it's kind of getting there blogs picked up on that one yeah who, who was fucking with it um i don't know if that was the first time i was on two dope boys but maybe it was Right, but that was just because I was on that blog. That was like my, that was where I was getting my shit from. Right, totally. When new music was coming out. Right, I always, I've told this story before, but it's like. And there was a time like in like 2010, 2011 where like I would get a song on Two Dope Boys and people would come up to me at shows and congratulate me like, yo, yeah. congrats, dude. I saw you on Two Dope Boys. That's crazy. Like it was a, that was an achievement. That you shit know? was crazy. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, that happened and then, uh, Started to see, I started to get I think I maybe got like a thousand Twitter followers. Was there a first um, Seattle show where you're like, oh, like this is that moment where I, you you kind of felt like people were catching on, like maybe people knew all the words in the audience or something? Um, or has that just been so gradual you don't maybe, even notice? I don't know. I don't think people started singing my shit till like last winter. Were you like opening for people around town? Yeah. Who were you opening for? Like Saul. Okay. Um, this is this group, Brothers from Another. We do shows together. I know that name. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, that was... Diggins started singing. They knew that Leave song. They knew right. that da, da, da. They knew that. Uh-huh. So then we started singing that together. Um, and then I did, last summer, I did like a couple shows with Macklemore. Okay. And nobody was singing my shit in that crowd. <laughs> right. Those are big fucking shows, huh? Yeah, man. Yeah. How's that, playing in front of... Being an opener of like... That's it. That may be like a hostile audience. They're just, man. Or not hostile, but maybe impatient? I never felt, yeah, I never felt like, get the fuck off the stage more. Right. They are not hesitant at all to let you know that they are not there for you. Right. Like, whole vibe. Right. Niggas back turn to you low-key sometimes. Not paying attention. And then there's, but then there's actual, I mean, people there that are just there to hear music. Right. Which is dope. So you got that little crowd, but you look beyond them. Right. 
you know, Ben is somebody that loves fucking rap music. Yeah. You know what I mean? He is a he's a student of the game. Mm-hmm. And but at a certain point when you get that big, you can't help your audience like doesn't give a shit about rap music. You know what I mean? So like that's a tough audience. But at the same time, I bet that that's also a good kind of like training ground to like make your skin tough. Oh, definitely. Right. It definitely humbled me. And it, you probably can't help but inadvertently learn some tricks to like make people pay attention more. Oh, definitely. Right. I picked up on some things and what I could do to kind of engage you guys. Right. So even those kind of like where you walk off stage and maybe it feels like a failure, you kind of Mr. Miyagi yourself where you don't realize yeah. that you're like training yourself. I never take it personally. Like, you know, it's not my, I'm, I'm always going to go out there and do everything. I was performing before I started even making music. Right. So I'm always do my thing, but it's just kind of for your self-esteem. Totally, <laughs> it's kind of totally. like, God damn. What was your first tour? That, uh, that Macklemore one. Okay, how many dates was that? It was like eight dates. We were all in Washington, though. Was this just last year? Yeah. Oh, I think I, I'm I'm uh, pretty good buddies with Budo. Okay. And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think I was in Seattle last summer. It, they were like little mm-hmm. like shows. It was like that, the camping trip. Right. So yeah, we. Uh, right. I, I was actually in Seattle at some point last year, and he and uh, talking to Budo, and he's like, "Yeah, we have a show, uh, the one of these camping shows in like Tacoma or somewhere. It was like it was like an hour drive from where I was at, and uh, he's like, come through, but I couldn't, but." Uh, that's cool. You got to open for those. Yeah. yeah. That was, as a first tour experience, I'm like, damn, it couldn't have went any better than that. Right. And uh, do do industry folks start taking notice of that or what? Uh, I was at, man, that's why I keep on going back to that damn leave song. Yeah. But that the song, yeah. that's what kind of started conversation. Or yeah. just started just people looking and whatever. Right. And you get, you're getting emails or calls from people. Yeah. Just checking in. Nothing serious. How long was it until you, you know, like uh, your manager, Warsami, is it Warsami? How do you? Warsami. Warsami. Sorry. Warsami. Shout out. I'm a fucking asshole for mispronouncing your name. My bad. I've been reading it in our emails as Warsame. <laughs> but anyhow, how long is it before you like have homies managing and, and all that stuff and like realizing like, okay, I got to get the, like, um, the business. I met him when I, uh, when I came back from school. Yeah. That first year. And we just started putting together pretty much just shows uh-huh. where nobody was coming to uh-huh. <laughs> and just shit like that. And then, but he always knew his role was going to be managerial. Was he? Or, we were, I don't think we even called it that right. up until a couple years ago, a few years ago. But we were just working together to make this music thing happen. Right. And he, yeah, his he was took on the role of putting it together, right. organizing it, and I just started focusing more on. So after leaves, are you getting flown out to meetings and shit? Oh, no. No? Just kind of like... Just, hey, feelers. how's it going? Yeah, yeah feelers. bullshit. Right. Um, but did you find... Like, I'm just wondering, as like an art, as an artist, like you... Uh, like we talked about very in the beginning with the metrics, like, um, did you get a booking agent or something? Like, how did you guys put together this tour? Uh, yeah, I got a booking agent uh, at the end of 2015. Yeah. Yeah. How? Uh, Does that happen? Our brother John, um, he he set that up. Nice. And yeah, I don't know all the ins and outs. Right. But that happened, and that was a blessing too, because I was able to perform outside of Seattle. Right. And is it uh, is it something where the booking agent at first is getting you like opening gigs at shows outside of Seattle, mm-hmm. or like or putting you on legs of different various tours? Or yeah, well, I didn't. The the, the Macmore not, tour was yeah, first. Yeah, yeah, right. but yeah, just like uh, we get little one offs here and there. Yeah, for this person, right? I had to open for Anderson. Oh, nice. In Portland, in the same night I opened for Jay Electronica. That was crazy. No shit. Yeah. So, what was the catalyst that made you realize it was time to go out on your first solo tour that you're on right now? Um. 
I don't, I don't want to sit around and wait for people to find out about me. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be proactive. And we put out a project, and I'm working on a lot of new music right now. Yeah. And it just felt appropriate to be like, let's just go, let's just go. plant some seeds. Yeah. Um, and we made it happen. Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. What are you traveling in a Sprinter? Uh, that would be nice. No. <laughs> what do You've you got a minivan. Right okay. Now. I think it's a Toyota. We got two minivans. Yeah. And then whatever we pulled up in, I don't know, it's a, it's a little hatchback Mazda or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. So. And how many people are you out with? Um, There's like 15 of us. Yeah. All total. Right. It's a big, it's like we brought Seattle with. It's a family affair. Yeah. So you got somebody handling merch, somebody handling sound? Or oh, it's like we- clockwork, man. Uh, last night was beautiful. We, uh. Just seeing how all the homies were working, I yeah. just kind of sit in the green room and wait, right. or whatever. Right. But just how seeing everybody's running and everybody's doing something, yeah, it's fucking beautiful. That's great. You got the team built around you. Um, so the latest project that you released is called Tomorrow. Tomorrow, and that came out what, like November? In like July. Oh, it came out July. Okay, I'm late to the game. I just caught up on it. I actually first started hearing you through this through this song with um, I mean I've been hearing your name for a while because of like I said this, just the Seattle you know people buzz about Seattle shit even if I haven't heard it I just hear about it uh, but I heard you on this uh, as a guest feature on this Ivy Soul song oh yeah we oh, shot a video for that in New York like last week really dope I'm I'm really excited about her I think she's very talented and I hope that if she's ever out here I can have her on the show but yeah I, that song I was there was such like a, just a standout guest appearance that I was like what the fuck. Mm-hmm. And started digging through your other shit and was like, oh, yeah, this is, it's great. Right. Um, and, I th- and I really think like that you have, like I said, that crossover potential where it's like right now, I think that you're only underground just because people don't know who you are yet. But I mean, it's going to be something that when people catch on, it's going to catch on in a big fucking way, I think. Um, uh, it's very palatable and you're very talented. Uh, you're a good songwriter, but also you have uh, an amazing instrument. So. Thank you. Yeah, most definitely. I'm happy that you were able to stop by, and I'm uh, and, I, and I really look forward to seeing uh, a lot of big things from you in the upcoming years. So, hey, yeah, thanks for having. Me. Yeah, most definitely. So that being said, what are you working on next? And then tell people where to find you online, and we'll start where, getting out of here. Um, you just I'm just direct niggas to the website. Yeah, DaveBMusic.com, and then from there it'll take you everywhere. You'll find everything. Yeah, um, yeah. or you know, since I got the 1,000 plays, if you Google Dave B. It's it's pretty much the whole page. Yee. I'm just gonna put that out there. Bang. Okay. Uh, the SEO is strong on Dave B. But yeah. Uh, yeah. And then uh, I'm just working on a bunch of uh, just a bunch of records. I don't know if it's turning into a project or anything. Yeah. Maybe I wanted to do like a little EP type of joint. Right. I don't know. I just wanted to make music. I'm in a space where I'm still trying to figure it out. Right, man. I'm I'm just on my own time. You got time to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, you talked about Anderson. That's a man that didn't start. It didn't start catching on. Yo, I didn't 30. even know that. And niggas started telling me once I started like being able to be in LA and just have conversations. People were telling me that he was like he's been around. Did they tell you who his first? Uh, they showed me videos of him with like dreads. Yeah. Did they tell you who who filmed his first uh, content online ever? No. Hmm. That's you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We we broke back when he was breezy Lovejoy. Yeah. We're, we like fucking we broke Anderson Pack before he was even Anderson Pack. That's why. Yeah. So shout out breezy. That's my that's the homie. Uh, mad love for very long. Uh, but yeah, I see a lot of. Um, those same kind of gifts in you so mm-hmm. well, i mean I, like i said not to be over here sucking your dick but no, i think you're no. really good at what you do so 
guys, go check out Dave B. Uh, DaveBMusic.com. Uh, Dave B. On, what's your Twitter? Uh, it's Dave B. Space Dot. Some guy with some Twitter egg with two followers took Dave B. That motherfucker. Yeah, so I'm trying to figure that out. Yeah. And some asshole on Instagram got the same shit. <sighs> like, what do you mean? That son of a bitch. Yeah. Um, so Dave B. Space Dot. Yeah. Um, yeah, go check out tomorrow. And uh, go to youtube.com slash kind of neat where you are going to see Dave perform right here. Yeah. And he killed it. Absolutely killed it. Um, That being said, my name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition. You can follow me online at It's Intuition. You can follow my man, Ben Shim, on the boards, making the shit sound buttery at I Am Database, based with two S's. Uh, Don't forget to go to patreon.com slash kind of neat to help support the show because all the money from the performances goes to the artists. So we need you guys to support us to keep the show ad free uh, and awesome. And uh, YouTube.com slash kind of neat kind of neat.net newly refreshed and beautiful other than that i think we did what we came to do dave thank you guys for squeezing in the time that was dave b i am lee and this was kind of neat